This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest Birds Banter Podcast episode. This is your host, Matt Loopy. You can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Loopy. Happy Wednesday. Hope you guys are all having a fantastic week. I know everybody should be in a good mood because although the Eagles played last week on Thursday, we are still in a victory week. We're riding high on the second win of the season going into Dallas week. Um, Eagles played Dallas Sunday Night Football. Really not the matchup we expected from the start of the season because Sunday Night Football, prime time, Carson versus Dak, Dak gets hurt, pretty much the entire Eagles offense gets hurt, Cowboys are struggling, Eagles are struggling, so it's really not what we expected, but anyways, the Eagles are in a really good position here, they're in first in the NFC East by half a game, with a win here on Sunday night, they're going to solidify themselves as further leaders in the NFC East, so really looking forward to it, no matter how difficult, or how, uh, painful of a matchup this might be to watch this week's podcast is going to be the same as usual we're going to bring on an eagles guest speaker and we're going to bring on a cowboys guest speaker talk about the game against the giants and then we're going to talk about a preview against the cowboys with some cowboys fans in the cowboys podcast so really looking forward to those two conversations hope you guys enjoy them but first things first i'm going to go over a couple notes from the game so the eagles win obviously 22 21 fantastic comeback win from Carson Wentz and the Eagles and I think the Eagles really got lucky here because the Giants were up by two scores Evan Ingram had a chance to call game put it to rest he drops the ball I mean that could have gone for a touchdown everybody knows that play that I'm talking about Evan Ingram had an awful game let's be honest bad drop there he had a drop earlier in the game which was picked off by Jalen Mills um, he tries to hurdle Crave on LeBlanc and got completely flipped on his back. I'm surprised he even got up. That looked brutal. Um, I can't imagine taking that kind of hit and falling down on your back like that. But thank God for Evan Ingram. And I said this on Instagram Live last night or Monday night. And again, if you guys aren't checking us out on Instagram, Birds Banter PHL, we go live every single night or every single Monday night at 8 p.m. answering your questions. But I talked about Evan Ingram. And the way that the Giants kind of gifted the Eagles this game. And I said, now I know what it feels to be an opposing team when they play the Eagles. Because it seems like, especially against uh, Washington week one, you know, you come out hot and then all of a sudden you just fall apart. And it seems like that's what the Eagles do all the time. They try to come back, crawl into games, whether up or whether they're leading by a little bit. You saw it against the Steelers, the Ravens a little bit. And they just fall apart at the end. So I'm glad finally the Eagles are on the other end of that and getting a win because it's been painful watching the last couple of weeks, even last year and the year before. um, They've been struggling with this kind of, I don't even know what to call it, but they've been struggling to close games. So have the Giants, and the Eagles capitalize on that. And the Giants lost that game because Evan Ingram, crucial penalties, very, very crucial penalties for the Giants. 
but also Carson Wentz. I want to give a moment of appreciation to Carson Wentz because on this podcast, I'm pretty, I wouldn't say critical of Wentz, but I call it like I see it. I want to make sure that everybody knows that Carson Wentz, although he shows a lot of promise, he shows flashes of his 2017 self, he is not you know, the top quarterback in the league right now this year. He has been, you know, experiencing some ups and downs, and this game was completely evident of that. First drive looks amazing. Looks like the Eagles are going to steamroll over the Giants. Easy win. Then he falls apart. Um, he, that one play, I forget what quarter, either quarter two or quarter three, he rolls out right. Amazing escape by Carson Wentz. But Carson Wentz, you got to know when to throw the ball away. You can't keep playing hero on this team and try to make everything happen yourself. He's rolling out right, completely throws it across the field. And keep in mind, an NFL football field is about 53 yards wide. So it's not like he's throwing a 10-yard pass across his body. He's throwing half a football field across his body to Travis Fulgham, who at the moment was wide open. But because the ball had to go so far and Carson Wentz didn't really put too much muscle behind it that ball was in the air forever and all of a sudden Fulgham I would call it a drop on Fulgham's part he you know heard some footsteps and got a little scared but there was three Giants defenders closing on him that could have been terrible could have been an interception you name it it could have been bad Carson Wentz's interception I think they were in the red zone or pretty close to it he targets John Hightower Left side of the field going to the end zone. It was just a miscommunication on both parts. I don't know if Hightower is to blame or if Wentz is to blame. But when Wentz throws that ball, Hightower is in no no position to catch it. I think he was confused himself. Um, again, I don't know whose fault it was, but he's looking behind his shoulder, and he's starting to try to make a play on James Bradbury. Bradbury makes an amazing athletic grab, uh, gets, gets the interception, and Wentz deserved that one. Very poor decision by him. Even if Hightower and him were on the same page, I don't think Hightower's coming down with that ball. Um, it was going to be heavily contested against a very good cornerback. But anyways, enough bashing of Carson Wentz. He did have a lot of negatives throughout the game. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter. But when it mattered most, he stepped up. Him and Boston Scott stepped up last drive of the game. Richard Rodgers also had a great game. John Hightower, great game. Um, you know, that catch at the end there. Travis Fulgham, again, showing that he is the best receiver on the team right now. Um, Greg Ward catching a touchdown pass. But, man, that Boston Scott touchdown pass was, it was pretty. I mentioned on the Instagram Live that it was very reminiscent of the 2017 throw to Corey Clement when the Eagles played the Redskins Monday Night Football in 2017. Arguably one of Carson Wentz's best games of his career. Wentz, you know, is reading... The defense, he looks left first, doesn't see anything, looks right, steps of the pocket, throws an absolute dime to Corey Clement, back shoulder throw, gets the corner of the end zone. It's almost identical to Boston Scott. If you guys know what I'm talking about, search it up, Google it, and then play the two right beside each other because it looks identical. I'm surprised um, that wasn't like flying through Twitter because right when I saw that replay on the TV, that's exactly what I thought of. But anyways, amazing throw by Carson Wentz. Boston Scott, kudos to him for catching that ball. That's a very tight window. You had to fit that ball in um, in the exact spot because given uh, Scott's height, but also just because he's a running back and doesn't have the best hands out there down the field, 
you got to make sure that ball is perfect. It was perfect. Boston Scott trusted in his quarterback. Carson Wentz trusted in his running back. Touchdown. And Boston Scott, if you guys saw the video of him mic'd up after when he was celebrating it, it's amazing. He, I love watching him because he's so small. Um, you know, it doesn't look like he has any toughness to him at all. If you just look at him, like that's not a football player, but man, he, he's a tough player. He, um, he competes hard and he's after that touchdown, he's yelling, stop playing with me, stop playing with me. And he wants his respect. People don't look at him as a good running back just because, because of his height. But man, when the Eagles needed him most against these past three Giants games, it's been Boston Scott who stepped up. So awesome stuff from Boston Scott. I'm sure if you guys have been listening to for a while, you know that I interviewed him back in May. That's how we have this amazing intro now that says, this is Boston Scott and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. Um, I got that from him personally. Uh, we interviewed him back in May. So if you guys are new to the show, you got to go check that out. I know it was months ago, but the quotes from that was were fantastic. Um, probably the coolest player I've ever spoken to because he I talked a lot about last year with him and said, hey, you played really well. You stepped up. Look at those Giants games. I'm giving him all the credit in the world. And he's saying, Matt, listen. I know I had success. I'm proud of myself for stepping up and showing the world what I got, but I'm not done yet. I'm not hanging my hat on what he had four touchdowns last year, five touchdowns maybe. He's like, I'm not satisfied with that. Deuce Staley tells us every single year, you know, your spot is not given. You got to earn it every single year. So he's like, I'm still working very hard. Um, And Boston Scott is a player that really wasn't very evident these first couple of weeks, but then. When it mattered most, Miles Sanders goes goes down with an injury. Scott statistically didn't have the greatest game if you take the touchdown out of that. He didn't have a ton of rushing yards or a ton of receiving yards. However, when they needed him the most, he had the great catch. And again, he's showing the Eagles and the NFL that he's a weapon and you got to utilize him a bit more. We're going to get more into the Eagles-Giants content when I bring Mike on. Mike is with the Birds Blitz on Twitter. Great, great Eagles page if you guys are looking for another follow. Um, But Mike and I are going to talk more about the Giants and the Eagles season as a whole, so I'm not going to ramble too much about it. But those are just my thoughts that I want to get out there. And um, I know I didn't talk too much about the defense, but we're going to get a little bit more in depth on Darius Slay because he has been very, very underrated for the Eagles so far this season. I think um, a lot of people should appreciate more what he does on defense. But before we bring Mike on, I want to remind you guys about our sponsor, Thrive Fantasy. If you guys have been listening, you know this amazing deal that Thrive Fantasy is offering. Um, if you guys love football, you love fantasy football, you got to take advantage of Thrive Fantasy. You can download it on the App Store or the Google Play Store, whatever uh, you know service you got, or you can use ThriveFantasy.com. So Thrive Fantasy, we got prop bets for the NFL for Thursday night, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night, whatever you want. Place your bets. Make sure you use code BBP when you sign up and you receive an instant deposit match of up to $50, minimum deposit of $20. So Thrive Fantasy, again, if you guys have been listening, you know it's a fantasy football prop betting service. So you bet on your favorite players and how they're going to do in fantasy points, betting on their overs and unders. It's a great tool. I really enjoy using it. So again, use code BBP when you sign up and you get that instant deposit match for up to $50, don't sleep on this. Make sure you get a chance of winning up to 
$15,000 in guaranteed prizes. All right, everybody, to review the Eagles-Giants game and talk about the future outlook on the season, I have Mike here with the Birds Blitz page on Twitter. I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen it. Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. So uh, tell, you, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your fandom with the Eagles here. <laughs> sure. Um, so I have kind of an interesting journey to being an Eagles fan. I grew up in uh, central New Jersey, uh, Giants country. So I'm uh, and like no one in my family is an Eagles fan. I'm the only one. Not really sure how it happened, except that maybe um, my Pop Warner team when I was a little kid was the Eagles for some random reason. And I think I really just hung with that. And I've been an Eagles fan uh, ever since. And then I, you know, I lived in Philly for a while. Um, that's kind of how that came about. And then a couple of years ago, I launched, I launched uh, the Birds Blitz and I've been, you know, kind of like picking up steam over the last year or so with that. Awesome. Definitely happy to have you on tonight, Mike. We're going to talk about first the Eagles Giants game from Thursday night, a few nights ago. Um, Eagles get back in the win column. They sneak away with a win 22 to 21. Mike, what were your initial thoughts from that victory? Uh, so many thoughts. Um, the the predominant one was like, has there ever been a more unimpressive win <laughs> for a team that you know, despite being a terrible division, you expect to like compete for the division crown? And like I said, I, I I live in New Jersey now, so I watched the game with a ton of Giants fans who all, despite being an awful team for years now, were just like still devastated by the loss, and all mm -hmm. also kind of predicted the loss with like six minutes left when they were like driving for that other touch to go up by almost two touchdowns they were like I don't even care if we score a touchdown here I'm still not confident that we're gonna win and I was like you don't understand the Eagles are terrible and then the Eagles won anyway but it was just like they started out like it looked like Doug Peterson had a pretty good game plan on the opening drive and like okay the offense looks pretty good and then it was like almost three quarters of garbage and then and then Wentz kind of pulled it out at the end but it was like like, can you even really feel good about that win? I guess you can a little bit just because it, but like, imagine Evan Ingram catches that pass at the end of the yeah, game. Like, isn't this past week so different? Yep. Like we want people fired, <laughs> but now we're like talking about beating the Cowboys and it's crazy. I know. Um, yeah. You mentioned, you know, Wentz, you know, pulling it out there at the end. So Wentz was, you know, his play was two extremes throughout the game. First drive, he looked amazing. Then the last two drives, he looked amazing. So those are the bookends of the game. First drive, last two drives. Throughout the middle, it was questionable. He had a few bad throws, a bad interception. Um, do you, are you concerned? You, you, we've seen Carson Wentz improve against the Steelers, the Ravens, now against the Giants a little bit. Are you still concerned about how he's playing this season, giving uh, the, the middle half of that game? I mean, yes and no. I mean, you said it was kind of the bookend of the game, but it's also kind of the bookends of, of for like his season right now because he was he right. was so awful to start off, and then he's been you know getting hot, but also like he's been inconsistent. I think you can, I mean, you know, there's like two extremes of the argument. You know, half of the Eagles fan base, you know, they're done with Wentz and they want him gone, and it seems like the other half, he could do no wrong. And the, you know, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Like mm -hmm. he's he's proven he can be that franchise quarterback and he can make all the throws, but he's also proven that he, he'll be inconsistent with times, especially with accuracy. Um, especially with the offensive line, the last game and a half, two games, you know, with, with Sua Opeta and especially Jamon Brown, I think you can give him, you know, a few, a, a bit of a, not like a full pass, but, you know, a bit of a pass there because how many times was he dropping back 
and it was a three-step, five-step drop. And the middle, like the, you know, not necessarily the outside, but the middle of the pocket was already up against him and he couldn't step into a throw. So, and that wasn't the case for all of the throws, of course, but like, it's almost like you're worried he's going to start seeing ghosts back there because of what, you know, because of the line and because no one's open. Right. Yeah. You mentioned not being able to step into throws. That's something I've noticed with Wentz. Most of the time he's thrown inaccurately. Yes, he has been making some poor decisions, but most of the time it's just because he can't really step into it. He can't get around the pocket the way he wants to. So yes, he is struggling. However, the line is not helping him at all. It's not giving him any, any favors. So hopefully they get a little bit healthier there. Um, going to the defensive side of the ball, Darius Slay throughout the entire season so far, seven weeks has been solid. Um, pretty much what you expected out of him when he was traded to Philly. And you don't hear his name called too often. He doesn't have an interception yet, but that's okay. He, he's not really targeted much. Um, I'm pretty sure that every single receiver he's faced so far has gone for under 50 yards. So it, like when they're matched up together. So pretty promising out of Darius Slay so far. Um, how important is he in the defense so far this season? I mean, he's, he's been huge. And I know if, if you follow me over at the Birds Blitz, you know, like I'm, I'm pretty critical of the defense and of Jim Schwartz in particular. Um, but I mean, he's really locked down that one side, which is something they've been lacking for years now. Mm -hmm. um, basically going back how far, maybe like Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown, and even they weren't really locked down guys. They were just both good. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's been huge. The problem that we've kind of seen with Schwartz is it's, it's almost like he needs like 11 Darius Slays um, <laughs> to kind of like run the deep, like, you know, he's like, you know, if everyone can cover like Darius Slay, the defense would be perfect. Or if, you know, if, it, if the D line can get home quickly, every play, the defense would be perfect. The problem is that like when they don't, and you really start seeing those big plays. Yeah. I mean, Slay has been fantastic, but you know, like you said, it's, it's only so much because quarterbacks look at Slay and they're like, all right, we're not going to target him, go to the other side. And the other side so far has been Vontae Maddox for a few games. Nikhil Roby Coleman has bumped outside. Um, you know, LeBlanc's mostly in the slot. Uh, Craig James has played on the outside. So there's still a lot of weaknesses on this defense, but at least Slay can stay on one side and you, you know that he's going to lock it down. It's not like you're concerned that someone's going to go for 100 yards at, in a given game. Um, but going over injuries, the Eagles are pretty banged up all over the field, but it's mostly on offense. Um, right now, Miles Sanders out with an injury, Alshon Jeffries trying to get back Deshaun Jackson's now out with that, uh, ankle injury, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, they're banged up, but fortunately they're, you know, going to be getting some players back soon. I'm imagining most after the bye. I don't think anybody's rushing back for the game against Dallas, especially, um, given how Dallas struggled against Washington. So when Jeffrey comes back, when Sanders comes back, how does this affect the entire offense? Is Wentz going to look better? Does this result in, you know, Travis Fulgham getting more snaps? What are you envisioning here? Well, I, I mean, I think the one thing we already kind of talked about is, you know, they're all, you know, if they all come back, great. One, are they ever all going to come back? It seems like, we're, you know, we've been so snake bitten with the injuries, you know, it's, it's, it almost seems like too hopeful to get most of the weapons back. But the other thing is like, how healthy is the offensive line getting at the same time? Because if, if it, you know, even if they get those weapons back, if we're dealing with the same line, we're going to see a lot of the same problems. And I think one of the, one of the issues that we kind of haven't like discussed, and I don't mean like me and you, but like us as like an Eagles community 
this year is the running game for the Eagles, which has been almost been almost non-existent because you, you know, Miles Sanders has those two 70 plus yard runs, but like other than those, he's been getting hit at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield all the time. Um, I forget what the numbers were the one game, but it was like outside of that, like 70 yard run. He only had like a dozen other yards or like 15 more yards or something like that. So I think they really need to, you know, really get, some of those guys back and get some consistency there. You know, even if it's just getting say Amalo to lock up the left guard spot, or I really hope my stays at left tackle, even when Peters comes back, because Peters looked done when he was playing. So yeah. I don't know if, if you move him back to right guard or, you know, Hopefully. how that works, but you know, you, you get, you know, Lane Johnson, and I would hope he's not going to play this week, you know, let him get the extra rest, take the bye. And then you come back and you have my maybe say Amalo in a couple of weeks, Kelsey, Peters and Johnson and maybe you can start running the ball more and then that helps the passing game and the weapons and you know maybe we can you know it looks like Travis Fulgham is a real person that exists on the Eagles that <laughs> you know I was you know you, you had the one big play and you were like okay that was fun and then like the, the other big game and you're like okay that, you know is this gonna last I'm like now we're four games in and like I'm I'm like this guy I keep wanting to not believe it but I mean he looks pretty good so mm-hmm. I mean the We'll see if they all get healthy and we get the offensive line back, but you know, that almost seems too helpful as a, as an Eagles fan right now. Yeah. Right. You, you mentioned Fulgham. He's been fantastic. Um, you know, there's really not too many negatives out of his game. And like you said, it's almost like hard to believe because the Eagles have had such a big problem at wide receiver for the past couple of years. They've been, you know, trying to put players in and then Fulgham comes out of nowhere. He was on the, in the training camp uh, squad this year comes from the practice squad and nobody really knows too much about him and he's playing super well. It's like hard to believe, but given how well he's playing when Alshon Jeffrey comes back, if he does whatever's going on with him, um, I'm imagining you want Fulgham to stay over Jeffrey. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't need to ever see Jeffrey on the field again. If, if we do great. Um, it, my hope is that it's a scenario when he comes back where Fulgham stays as the starter. Um, you know, Rager is back and healthy enough to start on the other side. And then they rotate Jeffrey in, like, you know, let him play, mm-hmm. but, you know, put him on the field and move Fulgham into the slot and, or, you know, something like that. And, you know, get a little bit more creative with like how you're going to use him. you know, let him play, you know, take Fulgham off the field for a few snaps a game, but, I don't want him starting and just to, you know, not see Travis Fulgham anymore. You know, I know he has the contract, but I don't think anyone cares about that at this point. Yeah. Um, And we'll, you know, we'll see what goes on with this, with this calf injury, which, you know, the calf injury, you know, not to go on a tangent, but the the calf injury is a frustrating one because everyone's going to kill the Eagles for Jeffrey staying on the active roster, despite missing the first six, seven, eight weeks of the season. And now the Eagles are just going to say, like, oh, well, he would have been back if not for the new calf injury. So it's yeah. almost like a, a built-in excuse, but we'll see. But, yeah, I want uh, Fulgham on the field, even if Jeffrey rotates it. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And Jeffrey's an added bonus. Um, I agree that a lot of fans have, you know, a, a sour taste from Alshon Jeffrey for multiple reasons, and they don't want to see him this year, and that's completely fine. But I don't know, you know, I don't know Jeffrey personally. I am not in the locker room at all, but from what I've seen this off season and his workouts and his posts, it looks like he wants to play. I don't think he's just sitting there like making up injuries and trying to stay on the sideline, just collect his money. I, I think he legitimately wants to play. So um, 
hopefully when he can come back, he can make an impact and, you know, rotate these receivers, Fulgham, definitely give him majority of the snaps, but give Jeffrey an opportunity because he's still a decent receiver when he's healthy. Um, before we talk about the Eagles in the division, um, see if they finish first place, I want to talk about the tight ends. So both Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz are injured right now. Dallas Goddard's probably going to be coming back before Ertz. Do you think this is an opportunity? Because we've had this whole contract dispute with Zach Ertz. Dallas Goddard is looking like he's going to be the guy for the future if Ertz doesn't get re-signed. Do you think this is an opportunity for Goddard to start for a couple of weeks without Ertz on the team? or on the uh, active roster and just completely show the Eagles, I'm your guy. And then they can try to trade arts this off season. Is that something you can see? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like everything you said, that that kind of lines up with, you know, what we've been hearing and what we've been seeing. And, you know, I was definitely in the anti-trade Ertz yeah, camp before, before the season. And then, I mean, I don't know what was going on through the first what, six weeks? I mean, he just looked like a shell of himself. I don't know if he was, you know, trying to play through something. Like, there weren't any really reported injuries, but, you know, he just looked, you know, like everyone said, like, oh, he's done, he's cooked. But, like, he's he's not old. He's not even yeah. 30 yet. And so I don't think it's that. Plus, he was never, like, you know, the most athletic tight end. Anyway, he was, you know, he's just the technician running routes. He just always mm-hmm. open and catches everything. But it was, like, you know, he wasn't really getting open. And then when he does, it looked like he and Ertz weren't on the same page, whether it was like him getting out of a break slow or Ertz missing him. You know, it just, it looked bad all, all, you know, across the board. And so I, you know, I think there's some animosity there between Ertz and the and you know, Roseman in the front office. And I, if you asked me two months ago, I would have said there's no way they're going to trade him. But now I think, like you said, I think if Goddard comes back and shows he can be the guy, I mean, because even with Ertz out, we're seeing Richard Rodgers have success in the yeah. offense with, with no one else on the field. So, I mean, if Goddard can come out and, you know, show that he's played like he's capable of playing, I think we probably will see Ertz traded in the offseason. And and it is important that you said offseason because a lot of people still want to trade him now. But as we have saw, he can't be traded now yeah, because not, of that whole short-term IR for 2020 thing. Yep. Um, Mike, believe it or not, the Eagles are two, four, and one, but the leaders in the NFC East. And given the way that Washington and the Giants have played, but also the Cowboys' injuries on top of that, somehow they are the clear favorites to win the division right now. <laughs> believe it or not, they'd be in last place in almost every other division in the league. So if the Eagles are going to come away and capitalize on this, you know there's the debate between tanking and going for the playoffs say, you know, I, I don't think Doug Peterson ever has it in him to tank for a draft pick. I think he always wants to compete. So let's just lay it out that they're going to be competing. They're going for the division title. They're going to be going for home field advantage in the playoffs. What do they have to start doing better to make a run at the uh, first in the NFC East? Well, I mean, They're doing everything so poorly right now. You can just yeah. say everything. They need to do everything better. I think um, they need to stop turning the ball over for sure. Um, because, you know, Doug Peterson has talked about it all the time. You know, when, when you turn the ball over more than you make force turnovers, you lose games. And, um, you know, like or hate Jim Schwartz's uh, defenses, one thing they don't do a lot of is, is force turnovers. You know, even when they're playing well, you know, a lot of their tur- turnovers are like we saw on Thursday night where it's a strip sack or it's a batted ball and tight coverage. They don't see, you know, they're not one of those teams that runs a lot of 
you know, those confusing defensive zones that forces mistakes by quarterbacks. And so they really need to stop turning the ball over. And then, like we said, they need to get guys healthy and start playing, you know, consistently on offense. And I think the biggest thing they need to do down the stretch is win their winnable games. Like, you know, week one against Washington, you can't lose that game. Yeah. And, you know, you can't tie that game to the Bengals. Mm. And, you know, they're two, four and one right now. They have what, four games in the division left. Right. Cowboys, Giants, Cowboys again, and Washington again. They need to win all four of those at the minimum. Yeah. And then they probably, who else is on the schedule? Browns, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Cardinals. They, you know, they probably need to win like two of those games too. Like mm-hmm. they probably need to beat the Browns. I don't think they're beating the Seahawks. <laughs> um, possibly. Saints or Cardinals possibly, you know, they probably need to win to win the division. They need to win all of their divisional games and probably two of those games. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just one of those games, which will put them at like seven, eight and one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. They need to, you know, be more consistent, stop turning the ball over everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. I mean, even though that they're considered the front runners, they still have to win games because seven, eight and one is a very weak record. I'm sure the, Washington football team can, you know, string together a few more wins and, you know, be in in contention for it. So they have to capitalize on this and start winning, especially um, against the Cowboys Sunday night football coming up next week. um, You know, limit turnovers, get Carson Wentz back familiar with these offensive weapons and try to get healthier after the bye. Mike, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, Definitely appreciate you coming on. I think we had a great discussion about against uh, the game against the Giants, slay all the injuries and, what the Eagles have to do. So thank you again. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Of course, everybody make sure you check out the birds blitz on Twitter. And again, thank you so much, Mike. Thanks. Really hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Mike. I had a lot of fun talking with him about different things about the Eagles, especially what he saw from the Eagles giants game. Again, it's not all positives. You got to work on some stuff, especially if the Eagles want to come away with the lead for the NFC East when the season's all said and done and get a shot at competing in the playoffs. So, again, thank you so much, Mike. If you guys want to follow him at Birds Blitz on Twitter, great follow, highly recommend. A few updates with the podcast here. So, again, we've talked about this for a while, but Birds Banter Film Room is in full swing. We have three episodes out now, available on our Instagram and YouTube page. Our Instagram can be found at Birds Banter PHL, and our YouTube page is, is just Birds Banter. But quickly, basically, all our film room, Birds Banter Film Room is, is a tool for you guys to learn more about film and the intricate schemes of offense and defense for the Eagles and anything across the league. So first guest, we're, we're three episodes in. It's going very well. We got some future guests planned. Um, hopefully, I'm in the works with somebody very exciting right now. But anyways... Um, the first guest, very experienced defensive coach in uh, Virginia. So I talked to him about the Eagles 49ers game. And then I brought on our first college player from Widener uh, right outside of Philly. He's a defensive tackle. We talk about the Steelers and Ravens game. And then most recently, released this week, we bring on NFL agent Joshua Grady, who also played college football at Vanderbilt. So he's very experienced in film review. And we talk about Eagles Ravens games to make sure if you guys are not checking that out go to our uh, Instagram or YouTube page right now and go check out birds banter film room after this podcast 
Also, if you guys have been watching the film rooms and the Instagram lives that we do every single Monday, you've probably seen my Birds Banter sweatshirt. We got Birds Banter merch. It's been live for probably a month now. I'm going to link it in the bottom of this podcast. If you guys want to check it out and get some Birds Banter merch and support the podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. You know, it's hoodie season. It's getting colder outside. You always need a great hoodie for these fall, winter, and spring months. Ditch that old gray hoodie that you wear every single week. It's not cutting anymore. Get something comfortable, something with great color. We got black, Kelly green, gray, midnight green, all different styles, t-shirts, long sleeve tees, sweatshirts. We have it all. So make sure you check out Bird's Banter, all reasonably priced. Very quick shipping. It's going to be there in time for the coldest months of the fall in winter so make sure you sure you support the birds banter podcast and get some merch and what if you do get it send us some photos we'd love to see you wearing and repping the brand all right we're gonna bring on some great guests from the dallas cowboys fan base and the dallas power hour podcast in a moment you guys probably if you guys have been listening for a while over a year now um you're gonna recognize them i had a great show with them last year we talked about the eagles cowboys game and um It was hysterical. Really looking forward to the conversation again because they're awesome. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. But first off, I have a question for you guys. What does a guy call his best friends? His testies besties, of course. Halloween is right around the corner, and you don't want to spook someone with your scary bush. Our friends at Manscaped want to help make your boys downstairs clean and his best friends of their own. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-waist grooming and offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Guys, you know the drill? Last thing you want to happen after the Eagles lose a game is worry about making any mistakes and cuts down below the waist. So make sure you get Manscaped. Don't be that hairy guy. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. Inside the Perfect Package, you'll Find the electric trimmer called the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your pumpkins. You can also create less mess by trimming in the shower or using their Magic Mat disposable shaving mats. And of course, let's not forget about the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorants on the smelliest part of your body? The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the anti-chafing performance boxer briefs that keeps your package cool and smelling fresh all day. For on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. It's time to get clean and mean with this Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Stay sexy this Halloween. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code PHL. Trick or treat. Keep your balls neat. All right, to conclude this podcast, we're going to talk to Joe from the Dallas Power Hour podcast. He was on last year talking about the Eagles and Cowboys. He is half of the Dallas Power Hour podcast, also known as JC. Joe, JC, how are you doing tonight? going on Matt man I'm glad to be back it was fun last time like you said and ready to talk some football even though the Cowboys are probably much worse than my podcast right now (laughs) (laughs) all right so as we all know the Cowboys are down to their third string quarterback Ben DiNucci um, two very unfortunate injuries to Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton 
Um, you know, although we have the rivalry between the Eagles and Cowboys, both of those injuries were just tough to watch. So hopefully they come back pretty strong. But what did you see out of Danucci against Washington last week? Anything positive or negative? Man, it didn't look like he was, I guess, more or less shying away from the spotlight. I mean, obviously it didn't shine. It, nobody really shined that game. Um, Danucci, he's a mobile quarterback. From what we've seen, you know, from James Madison University, you know, a little bit before the season, you know, he was uh, he has ties with Mike McCarthy, you know, from Pitt, from back in Pittsburgh, but. From what I've seen, he's mobile. He's he reminds me a lot of Romo, actually. Tony okay. Romo. Um, Romo was quick, you know. Yeah, he, he had he had he wasn't the most athletic guy, but he's able to get out of the pocket, move, throw on the run, and that's what Danucci offers. He offers a decent arm. He's mobile. Accuracy, obviously, he's still a rookie, the seventh round pick for a reason. He's not gonna mm-hmm. be great. Um 29 in 2019 as a redshirt senior he has a 70 70.9 completion percentage which is which isn't bad but in college you want to see that just a tad higher especially for um, a school about james madison size um his top 10 statistics over there uh, tied for 30 completions with 479 fourth and passing yards 5700 fourth and passing touchdowns a seventh all time at James Madison with 6,700 yards all purpose total offense. And so we're hoping that even behind the shoddy line that, I mean, hopefully he can get something going. The biggest thing right now is to keep him upright and keep him safe. Dalton with a concussion, we it's highly unlikely he'll start. Mm-hmm. And even if he does clear it, I think the Cowboys will take it, you know, Take, be cautious with him and be, you know, it's, it's a man's health and he's on a short term one year deal for three million. And I doubt that him and his agent will want to put him in another position to get hurt, especially if he's playing for another contract with another team. So as far as the Cowboys go right now, I think they're in a position where they just need to keep losing. No, no, <laughs> I'm playing. No, no, honestly, this division is something, but Ben DiNucci right now, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he can show some kind of, some kind of positive this week against y'all, even though y'all's defensive front is still solid. Fletcher yeah. Cox will give us, I mean, headaches all day, mm-hmm. especially against this line. Yeah. So, so Andy Dalton, um, I haven't really seen too many updates from him. What's his timeline for recovery? Um, he was he was, I guess he was alert yesterday in Monday's practice, and then today he was out there. But there's really no no activity. He's still in concussion protocol. Okay. Um, I don't see any. If he does pass it, it'll probably be tomorrow, Wednesday, or maybe Thursday. And even then, he, I don't think they would start him unless he had a full participation in a practice. Even limited would be a positive. But even if he had a limited, I don't think they would start him. He would probably be emergency backup behind Danucci if he's available. Yeah. I don't think they would put him out there, especially in a situation where it could hurt him more, like I said earlier. But Ben DiNucci is probably going to get the start, and that's probably who's going to face the Eagles defense this week, who actually hasn't been playing bad lately. So that's Mm -hmm. another thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the Cowboys are very thin at quarterback, and, um, you know, they're just a half a game out of the NFC East. I know their defense is pretty rough right now. The O-line's banged up. But if the Cowboys want to make a run, they need a quarterback. And we talked about this a little bit before we started. 
Jalen Hurts, Eagles draft him in the second round, and they view him as an asset to the team that they can try to um, flip into a draft pick in the future, hopefully more than the second round that they drafted him with. So I doubt that Eagles and Cowboys would ever negotiate a trade, especially right now when they're half a game apart from each other. But what's your interest in Jalen Hurts? Would you uh, take him from the Eagles right now? And what would you what would you offer to Howie Roseman and the Eagles? He's definitely better than Danucci. He's better. He's better than Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely offer if okay. So Cowboys just traded Everson Griffin for a six round pick to Detroit, and I think with um, with with obvious um, I guess conditions, it can bump up to a fifth. I believe. Yeah. If I'm if I heard that right, but um, I would have traded you Everson Griffin straight up. It would help y'all's defensive front. Mm-hmm. It would have, uh, I mean, it would definitely boost y'all defense. And obviously, I think Griffin probably would be able to get y'all to that next, to the next level. And honestly, it's probably going to be y'all in the Washington football team right. who's going to be battling it out for the division. And so I think that would have probably been my offer ever since Griffin for Jalen Hurts. And especially with Hurts, I mean, being so young, he's under contract for the next few years. I'm, I might have been able to throw another pick in there. You know, right. I might have been able to give you like a four or five, you get it. You get a good pass rusher who's been solid over the past two games. Yeah, I mean, the defense has not been good, and he's been one of the bright spots over the past couple of weeks. Him and Tank have really come on a little bit. But other than that, I, I mean, that's about what I can offer you. Would you take Everson Griffin for Jalen Hurts if we had that offer on the table? Um, Probably not now. I mean, if – I don't know, just because the Eagles just drafted Hurts just six months ago in the second round, um, and we see Griffin go for a sixth rounder. I think that would be a pretty, um, you know, significant downgrade. I know Hertz isn't really, isn't really playing that much, but I'm hoping next year or the year after we get a situation like this where a team is down one or two quarterbacks, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, Jalen Hurts looks like a first round pick now. <laughs> Let, let's let's take him." So um, I don't know if I, if the Eagles would pull the trigger right now because the Cowboys aren't in a position to give up a first round or a second round pick. They they need to. Uh, build for the future in my opinion on defense no and I I 100% agree with you I would turn me down too to be honest (laughs) (laughs) um the biggest thing with y'all is man I I like Hurts he's a mobile quarterback he reminded me a little bit about Dak maybe not as accurate as Dak um big strong mobile can do a lot with the ball especially Doug Peterson offense uh um what I like about the fact that y'all have Jalen Hurts is because of Wentz's his Wentz's injury history if he does go down Peterson's going to have so much fun with Jalen Hurts. We've already seen packages. I've seen him playing against um, the y'all I've seen him against the Washington football team last Thursday night. And, you know, mm-hmm. there was, you know, Wentz was on the out, outside blocking, uh, blocking a cornerback. I'm like, man, if he gets hurt, they look at, they got hurt. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but he was in there. They re- they had a package for him. They probably got multiple packages for him. I, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And um, with Hurts, I mean, that mobile ability, you can't, you can't um, duplicate it. I mean, Wentz is, Wentz is a baller in his own, but you also think when he's running, you know, going for a first down, you want him to slide. If, if yeah. I was an Eagles fan, you'd want him to slide. Mm. Don't take too many risks, especially with his history. But I would turn me down, too. I wouldn't trade Hurts either. I wouldn't take nothing less than a second or a third plus some. You know, it would probably take a multiple picks to take Hurts off my team if I were the Eagles. So, yeah. yeah. I would have shot down Griffin, too. So, yeah, there's that. Fair enough. So looking forward to the Eagles and Cowboys game. This is always a big matchup because of the rivalry. But this year, looking at the matchup, where do you think the Eagles have an advantage going to this game? 
Uh, defense. Okay. The defense. The de- y'all's defense has been playing a lot better than the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Cowboys are bottom ten. I mean, they're giving over, giving up over four hundred yards a game, thirty-four points a game. Um, y'all are only at. I mean, as in in today's NFL, I mean, the Eagles are giving up twenty-eight and then three fifty all-purpose yards per game. I mean, that's it's it's a lot better than. 34 points a game. You, yeah. you see defenses like the Steelers, the Colts, the Bucks giving up 20 points or less per game. Even the uh, Rams the other night, they just gave up uh, what three points mm-hmm. or 10 points to the uh, yeah. 10 points to the Bears. Yep. And it's like defenses are defenses are there, but they're just not as stout as they once were, especially in today's pass-driven league. Um, Eagles definitely have the edge on us over on the defensive side. If Obviously, if y'all stop us, y'all's offense could beat. I mean, my grandmother could run for 200 yards against our defense. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's Miles Sanders. If he's healthy enough, Miles Sanders will be a big factor for this team. So, I think this defense is really going to set the tone of the game. If y'all put pressure on Danucci, he's mm-hmm. a rookie. I mean, I love Danucci. He came from James Madison. I think that's a culinary school or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> RDA says, like, man, he's a chef. He called him, RDA calls him the chef. He said his <laughs> sole purpose when he was drafted was to cook Dak's meals to stay healthy. Obviously, Danucci sabotaged Dak and yeah. Dalton so he can start this. So he started against the Eagles. No, but but um, if y'all put pressure on Danucci early and fast, especially with Fletcher Cox, Fletcher Cox, and I think y'all still got Brandon Graham, yep. if I'm not mistaken. And those two guys are forces, and they've always been a good tandem. So. Y'all put pressure, the rookie will be rattled. Yeah, absolutely. Looking to the Cowboys where they have an advantage. I know we talked about Ben DiNucci, seventh-round pick. He doesn't really, you know, show promise as a starting quarterback right now. However, you can't ignore the weapons the Cowboys have. Ezekiel Elliott always performs well against the Eagles. CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, they have weapons across the field. So where do you see the Cowboys having an advantage over the Eagles this week? Um, just as in you said, um, the offensive weapons on this team are, I mean, I don't want to sound biased, but they're elite. We have elite weapons, even though over the past two weeks, Ezekiel Elliott hasn't been Ezekiel Elliott. And it's one of, exactly. (laughs) But the biggest factor right there on the offense is the offensive line. Um, without this offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott, who was a top five pick, obviously he, um, He's not the same. You can't can't protect the quarterback, can't run block for the team, can't run block for, you know, the running backs. Even Tony Pollard, that backup running back, he's, I mean, the scat back, he reminded me a lot of uh, Tarek Cohen. And, I mean, it's one of those things is you can throw screen passes all day, every day. Andy Dalton had, like, five consecutive passes to running backs last week against the um, – oh, man, not the Washington football team. Who do – uh, it's bugging me. I can't, I can't think of it right now, but he, but I mean, Cowboys fans were, I mean, baffled and getting frustrated. I mean, dump off, dump off, dump off to Pollard yeah. to Zeke. I think Zeke had like, I want to say six catches or something like that. But biggest thing is spreading the ball around. Um, Cooper, Gallup, um, CD, mm-hmm. those guys are playmakers. Last week, uh, Michael Gallup had zero catches. Zero catches, zero yards. First time we've been shut out like that this season. And if we're going to win, all these guys have to touch the ball. 
you have to make the defense guess, hey, where's the ball going? We have to account for Cooper. We have to account for Gallup. Gallup's an excellent deep threat. Um, he has sneaky, yeah, sneaky speed. CD Lamb on these crossing routes as well in the slot. He is an excellent route runner, especially for being such a young receiver. But the biggest thing is protecting Ben. Give him the time to get the ball out of his hand. If you don't give him the time, it's going to be a long night for the rookie. Mm-hmm. And on the Eagles defense, besides their line, um, Darius Slay at cornerback is very good. He can probably take care of Amari Cooper on his own. Um, they've been matched up in the past. But other than that, the linebacker core is awful. So I would imagine if you know the game plan for the Cowboys is probably attack the middle of the field, use the tight ends. Eagles are among the worst in the league against tight ends and attack with CD lamb. Like you said, the crosser routes, he's great in the slot. So I think if they want to be competitive in this game, they're going to be attacking between the numbers um, in the middle of the field. And I think CD lamb is in for a big game. If uh, he can start connecting with Danucci, cause we didn't really see that last week between the two of them. Yeah, definitely. It's, and it, it's going to come, it'll come, and that's to be expected, especially with the rookie who hasn't had much first-team reps, I mean, mm-hmm. reps, especially with, you know, guys like we just said, Amari Cooper and everything like that. Uh, biggest factor right now is getting the run game going. Zeke hasn't had a 100-yard game on the ground yet. Obviously, he's had, you know, 100 yards, total yards yeah. games this year, but over the past two weeks, he hasn't touched 100 yards yet, and that's against the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I hope so. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. But other than that, it's like, man, that's going to be one of the biggest factors. Yeah. Um, Darius Slay is excellent. Played in Detroit for a long time. He's an excellent cornerback. And so he'll be – so I got a question. Is mm-hmm. Darius Slay going to, I guess, travel with Amari Cooper? What do you think? How do you think that's going to play out? Because there's so many weapons, like you said, the receivers – how do you determine who covers who? Yeah, this year he's been always on the number one receiver. Um, in the past, the Eagles, I don't know if you noticed, but they always just put cornerbacks on one side of the field. and They don't move all game because they didn't have a lockdown corner. So opposing offenses could take advantage and they could say, all right, we're going to move you from the left to the right, back and forth, whenever we want. Um, but now Darius Slay, wherever Amari Cooper goes, Darius Slay is going to follow him as long as they're both on the field. So Michael Gallup has a very intriguing matchup on the other side um, against Avante Maddox. I don't know if Danucci has a good deep ball. If he does, you got to take advantage of that because um, Maddox is a smaller player. Gallup could probably beat him um, in a foot race, but um, I think Slay is going to be on Cooper 90% of the time because that's just what he's been doing all year. Okay. Okay. Now Ronald Darby, um, we've heard that name before. Especially in Dallas, we've seen them jump from, you know, team to team, team to team. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've had, oops, whoops, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've seen him, uh, we've seen him have his moments, his good moments and his bad moments. Um, he seems like a hot and cold player from the outside looking in. Um, what kind of season is he having? Because I've seen some games He's with uh, Washington now, Darby. Darby? Yeah. Man, I'm tripping. Well, I'm glad we ain't got a face. <laughs> well, man. No, it's all good. I mean, you kind of uh, gave me a heart attack saying that name. We we don't really like Ronald Darby here in Philly. <laughs> man, I knew he was, man. Okay, well, I'm glad that was – well, I guess good good news for y'all then. Yeah. I don't yeah, know he, why I thought it was with y'all. But. He's got good speed, but, man, he couldn't cover. He couldn't cover to save his life. <laughs> That'll work. Okay, so yeah. I guess focus of the offense on y'all's side, I guess. I'm curious. 
Yeah. Um, how, how does Peterson run his offense, especially with a defense like this, especially with a quarterback and a running back like Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders is a stud. I mean, he's remind me a lot of a Brian Westbrook back in the McNabb days. And I mean, I love Westbrook as much as I was a Cowboys fan. I hated the Eagles. <laughs> Brian Westbrook just always had a soft spot in my heart for him. Yeah. So how do you how do you expect them to attack this defense? Um. So yeah, number one with Sanders unsure about his status so far he's got a knee injury right now so hopefully he can be ready to go but i would imagine because eagles have a bye week next week they're probably going to say all right just sit out and get ready for week 10 um but other than that they're gonna have boston scott at running back for sure um he had a pretty good game against the giants he's just he's really small um and then a wide receiver they have travis fulgham i don't know if you've heard about him so far but he's been lightening up he was a practice squad player and then he's been you know, having great games ever since they played the 49ers four weeks ago. So he's been stepping up. I would imagine Wentz is going to target him a lot throughout the game. And um, they got some rookie wide receivers that they're probably going to get involved. But I would expect Wentz to lean heavily on Boston Scott and Travis Fulgham. And if that connection isn't working, then Eagles really got nothing left on offense. They're so hurt. They're so injured. Man, and that's just 2020 in a nutshell. Yeah. For you. I mean, it's just insane. And then you know, y'all just had y'all just got Deshaun Jackson back, who's yeah. a cowboy killer. Mm-hmm. And to seeing him go down like that, it was just rough. From I mean, just, even just from a fan's perspective. Yeah. Um, biggest weapon on y'all's team right now is Wentz. Yeah. Right now yeah. is Wentz. And just watching him do what he has to do to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that it, it, it's definitely gonna be something to watch. You have one team with all their weapons except the quarterback. You have another team with no weapons with the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like it's a parallel universe where we're looking at it. If only we had each other's situation, just that one piece we could just switch. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's going to be a rivalry. It's always been a rivalry. It's going to be a slugfest. And I don't – I mean, I don't know how your defense is going to come, you know, out. It's not, it usually depends on the first quarter. How are you going to set the tone yeah. of the game? Are you going to be able to run the ball? How's the defense reacting? Okay, he gets a first down. Okay, and those third, those third and shorts, those third and longs, those conversions, absolutely kill defenses. So biggest thing is, can you convert on third down, especially with the rookie quarterback in Dallas, especially with the lack of weapons in Philadelphia? Are we going to be able to get off the field? And right there, those plays are going to determine this game against you know y'all and. The situation right now, this division is wide open. It I is. mean, there is no clear-cut winner. I mean, the Giants can still win this thing for Pete's sake. Yeah, and crazy. If the Giants, if the Giants win, I mean, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say after that. I would be I happy mean, they have a worse draft pick. I, I kind of <laughs> laugh at them. <laughs> oh man, dude, this is awesome. The NFC East is something else. We're either the best division of football or the worst division of football, year yeah. in year out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right, JC, before we wrap up, I want you to give me yeah. a bold prediction and a score prediction uh, for Sunday Night Football. What you got? Okay, bold prediction right here. Um, Cowboys will win the game with Ben DiNucci at quarterback. Um, we will not win by a lot. We will win by a field goal. Okay. And my score prediction is 29 to 26. And right. I don't know how we're going to get there, but I think DiNucci will find a way to win. And he will be the Cowboys savior for one week until next week, until we come crashing back down. So. All right. All right. I like it. Um, for me, 
I'm going to say Brandon Graham has a big game. I think he's going to have three sacks and a forced fumble. I mean, he's going up against a poor offensive line and a rookie quarterback. I think he's going to take advantage of it. I have the Eagles winning pretty decidedly, um, 31 to 18. But like I said, if Fulgham and Scott aren't working on offense, Eagles won't score points. So it could very well come down to a field, a field goal. These games are always competitive between the two. So, um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So any, uh, any last thoughts um, for the game before we uh, square off on Sunday night? Not more or less for the game, for the season. Whoever yeah. loses this game just needs to start tanking. I agree. Because <laughs> yeah. if we lose this game, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start the trend, tank for Trevor, because I will take Trevor. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence all day. And it's like, we, I mean, we can trade Dak, we can trade Trevor. I don't care. But if we have a top three pick, I guess I won't be, I won't be. So, so if you draft Trevor Lawrence, would you re-sign Dak as an insurance policy? Cause he's going to be, oh. un, he's not under contract anymore. No. You know, you know, if, if the only way I would draft Trevor Lawrence is if we had that number one pick, but yeah. I highly doubt we'll have the number one pick, especially with the jets already yeah. like years ahead of us. Like they're already saying, well, maybe not out loud they're already thinking in their head okay we need to get trevor mm-hmm. so i think if uh the jets end up with the number one pick trevor might stay in college that's a <laughs> smart man <laughs> i hope so i hope so but other than that tank for trevor we're starting it if we lose against y'all just so y'all know it's going to be a slugfest all right jc i appreciate you joining us uh make sure you let everybody know where they can find you on twitter and your podcast appreciate it matt y'all can find us on twitter and facebook at the dallas power hour um we got we Normally have live shows, you know, live recordings every week. Me and your boy RDA. You can follow me on Twitter at JCDPH91 and RDA at RDADPH93. Yeah. So that was Power Hour. Matt, I appreciate you, Burst Banner. Dude, I love this podcast. That's why I'm here. We'll do this some more. I yeah, definitely. You. Thank you so much. And uh, best of luck to you on Sunday. You too, man. Thanks. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. Hope you enjoyed our talk with Mark and then JC from the Dallas Power Hour Podcast. Had a great time talking to them both about the Eagles and Eagles-Cowboys Sunday Night Football matchup. Make sure you're checking us out on social media. Check out our merch. Check out Birds Banter Film Room on YouTube. And check out Thrive Fantasy and Manscaped, our awesome sponsors that help provide Birds Banter content to you every single week. All of the information we posted in the description box under this podcast. So wherever you're listening to, make sure you check it out. Check out all of our different links and offers that we have for you guys. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode again. Make sure you share it with anybody that you know would love this podcast. Definitely appreciate the support. And until next time, go Birds. Two big